Warning. Anime Out of Context contains spoilers, explicit language, and general tomfoolery. Neither of our hosts are experts on any topic, and you should not take their opinions as such. Listen at your own discretion, and enjoy. Context, the show where I attempt to explain the sometimes weird, sometimes wonderful, but always hilarious world of anime. And I read through the annotated Bible for weebs. I'm Sean Rollins. I'm Remington Chase. <sighs> Happy anniversary! I was planning it to be a lot happier, Remington. <laughs> I, was, I was really genuinely excited. And we can still keep that excitement, Sean. We can be happy, we can be positive, we can be optimistic. We can go back to being sentimental, you know? I feel betrayed, and I'm not certain you deserve my sentimentality. (laughs) Well, I may not, but what about all the listeners? They deserve sentimentality. They're great, even if I'm a bit of a shit. A bit? (laughs) (laughs) Something tells me that you're still not fully over last week. I have been through several therapy sessions, (laughs) and I'm able to look you in the face just barely. That should tell you something. I'd like to think that we're both stronger for what happened. Mm, This is a test on our relationship, that's for certain. But now we get to celebrate! You know what really makes this difficult, Remington? What? The fact that I poured out my major intro in the last episode. Like, I I did every minor detail I was going to do to present this show for you. <laughs> yeah, if, or, if you're interested in a proper intro for this episode, just re-listen to the first ten minutes or so from last week. <laughs> yeah, because I'm going to re- be repeating some of that, just with a lot more angst in my voice. <laughs> Because I thought I was being really clever, Remington. You know, I wanted to talk about uh, shows that really meant a lot to me in this past year. You know, end of the year tidings, that's usually the time to do it. I mean, even if it is a month after the end of the year. (laughs) Yeah, we're celebrating our anniversary, so it works. Yeah, yeah, and I thought I'd go in depth and be sentimental and deep about what makes a good show and why these shows affected me the way they did and give you the thing you've never had before, a choice of what to watch. I thought that would be a nice, heartfelt, clever way to do an episode, something we hadn't really done before, but I guess that was too naive of me. (laughs) We had to celebrate April Fool's, Sean. In fucking February? Yeah. Oh, the anger is coming back. It's bubbling within. No, no, Sean, settle down on the anger. Leave that at the door. It's going to be okay because, Sean, we have done this podcast now for a year. That is true, a whole year. And the commitment it takes to do something for a year is, well, it's exponentially impressive in my opinion. I'm very surprised that we did that. I'm very pleased that we have been successful so far. Uh, Basically, insert all of the sentimentality that we had at the beginning of the last one before things went awry, but all of that is still true. I mean, it just feels vapid and fake at this point. (laughs) It feels like you're just putting on airs, trying to make up for the travesty that was last week. I I, I would like uh, to actually address last week, Sean, uh, because... Through some emails we got and through some conversations, a few people thought that maybe I went a little 
too far. So I would like to, to I would like to publicly address that uh, because Sean, you you are my friend. Okay. And you you were suffering. You you had a difficult go of things. So I would like to say from the bottom of my heart, Sean, I am not sorry. <laughs> oh, really? I, I am not at all sorry. You're the motherfucker who made me listen to all 14 episodes of the first half of Sword Art Online and then made me go back and watch it. You are the one who showed me Monster Musume and Oremo and Nakaimo and Rosario Vampire and JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> You cannot drag JoJo's into those categories. You're right. Those categories might be too good for JoJo. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> you have thrown me through the rigor. And so I want to say to anybody who had any sympathy for Sean last week, including Sean himself, I do not apologize. I'm starting to think you don't deserve this episode. <laughs> anyway, now that that's over with, let's get into a great little reward I get to choose. All right, perfect. Uh, you're lucky today, Remington, because I do want to still talk about the same anime. Heck yeah. I was planning on maybe dropping something on top of you just at the last minute, but I've decided against it because I actually got a couple emails saying, hey, if the anime you vaguely alluded to are what I think they are, I'm really excited for them. And I'm like, fuck, I can't say no to that now. <laughs> See, isn't it great when you can utterly betray your friends and get rewarded the next week? I'm sure there's going to be a punishment down the line, but I have at least a week, maybe two, before that comes. We'll see. <laughs> but, yeah, and to those of you who did send emails, uh with predictions of what I was talking about, more often than not, you guys were spot on. Like, uh, a fellow by the name of Jerry actually got it 100% my top three. Oh, okay. Well, let's hope that the top three are good. So for those who didn't listen to last week, essentially what Sean is going to do and what he's going to repeat, he's going to give me a choice between his top three anime of 2018, but he's not going to describe them in detail. Instead, he's just going to give me three words from each of them. Basically, and I will give you the caveat of you can ask me questions and I will choose how to answer them just to give you an idea. <laughs> okay, perfect. Yeah, I might just say I'm not going to answer that, but I'm going to give you a little leeway because three words alone is kind of hard to... Let, let's say I get three questions. Three questions, I like that. Three words for three anime and I get three questions before I decide. Okay, so for those of you who missed it, the three words for the three different anime are as follows. The first one, war, letters, and empathy. All right, war letters and empathy seems a bit dramatic, a bit intense, bit interesting. Mm -hmm. All right, I'm gonna save my questions. Save it for the end. That's yep, perfectly yep, yep. all right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna save them. I want to make sure that I use them the best they possibly can. What's number two? Number two is the most vague of the three. It would be sci-fi mystery romance. All right, sci-fi mystery romance. Really like mystery. Sci-fi. It's been iffy. Romance, it's been iffy. But mystery is very intriguing. Mm-hmm. And the last one is inspiring, but cute. I do love cute. Uh, and inspiring is also swell. I feel like there needs to be a certain level of quality for it to be inspiring. All right. 
So I'm going to now work on my three questions for you, Sean. Okay. Number one. Yes. And this is a question uh, about all of them. All right. Do any of them involve fucking your sister? No. Okay, perfect. We're off to a fantastic start. (laughs) (laughs) But did you think I would flip the head on things? Like, you stole my tagline last weekend, and I'm still upset about that, by the way. The official tagline of the pod. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'll see about that, but oof. But, yeah, no, no sister fucking in this show. Okay, perfect. All right. Two more questions. Uh, First, all right, my second question is going to be, in your opinion, which one do you think I will like the least? Ooh, that's a good question, Remington. Because they all have very interesting qualities that make them very good shows. And I love them all for different reasons. Uh, the one you would like... Here, let me revise my question to be essentially the same thing, but much easier to answer. Which ones are shonen? None of them. Oh, hell yeah! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no sister fucking, no shonen? This is looking like there are three great options right here. I mean, one of them you could kind of maybe just throw a little bit of shonen at and maybe it'll stick, but not really. All right, which one is that? Uh, that would be... What, is it the War Letters Empathy? Yeah, I'd say for the most part. All right, that's not the one I'm choosing. <laughs> Oof. It has the tiniest amount of shonen. That's so just because there is some action in it, and that's just that's. But it's definitely not the main point of the show. All right. Uh, okay. Here, here's gonna be my final question. Gonna keep it. Ambiguous, so I can guarantee I'll get a decent answer. Which one of these has your favorite protagonist? My favorite... Oh. <laughs> okay, my favorite protagonist. Um. Okay, right now, it's uh, first thing that came to mind, it's a toss-up between the last two. Okay. Between the cute one and the sci-fi mystery romance. All right. Uh, but I think I would say the sci-fi mystery romance one primarily... Uh, because there are fewer protagonists in that one. Okay, okay. So it, it may not be too cluttered. Oh, okay, so I'm going to explain my final thought process and then make a decision, okay, Sean? Sounds good. All right, so looking at letters, empathy, war, I'm very interested particularly in the letters and the empathy. I think that it could be very dramatic and fascinating. I'm. That being said, I'm worried about any shonen elements. Then, I'm looking at sci-fi mystery romance. You say it has the best protagonist, a bit of a limited cast, which means they can really refine those characters some more. However, I'm real spooked about the romance because there's been a lot of failed romance. And then we get into inspiring but cute. And frankly, Sean, it's been a while since we did something really adorable. Inspiring but cute, all in! Okay. Ooh, this will be a fun one. Uh, Because, Remington, the show we're going to be talking about today is one simply known as A Place Further Than the Universe. A Place Further Than the Universe. Okay. All right. I I, I think I like the title. Okay. Based on that title alone, what do you think the show is about? I think this is going to be about, let's see, A Place Further Than the Universe. So it's outside of the universe. So there's either one of two ways. You can either go very rational and scientific and you can say it's some multiverse thing or you can go 0% rational and scientific and go religion. So I think it might be an angel that 
maybe like a guardian angel type deal that's coming down to help someone. And you said inspiring. So I'm imagining cute angel coming to help maybe a young girl with a bunch of self-esteem problems. Okay. Would you like to know how much of that you got right? I am going to assume 100%. You know, that's a fair assumption, <laughs> but a wrong one. Oh, damn. <laughs> the thing you got right was cute girl and self-esteem issues. Okay, okay, fair enough. The rest of that, nah. All right, well, why is it beyond the universe? Um, because, well, Remington, this, this show has nothing to do with sci-fi fantasy or really much to do with space either. Okay. It's a show about, well, it's a show much like our podcast in a way. Oof, I think I made a questionable decision. (laughs) (laughs) That's not what I mean. What I mean is the inspiring part. Doubt. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Are we inspiring? (laughs) Well, no. But what was inspired was me. Oh, okay, okay. Because this show came out at the very beginning of the 2018 winter season. Ah, okay. Right about when we decided to do a project together. Okay, that makes sense. And this show in and of itself kind of solidified my determination to go through with the podcast, do extra efforts, make sure that each episode would have an interesting subject matter and I could talk in great detail about the show and what makes it really interesting. And this show helped me decide, you know what? I'm going to put the extra effort forward. Uh, okay, so this anime just really helped you figure out your shit. A little bit, yeah. Also, it made me a little depressed at the beginning. Oh, perfect. Okay, well, as we know, that's always a great sign for me with anime. So, yeah, starting but not, off great. Not in the same way you'd expect. Oh, like, is it going to be another, oh, wow, their parents died. Now they're an orphan. Oh, no. Don't be so stupid, Remington. All their parents are alive in this. Well, mm, all, mm, well. <laughs> <laughs> Why can anime protagonist parents never live? <laughs> the majority of the parents are alive. It's so I'm noticing something, Sean. You're saying the majority, and you're making it seem like there are not just two parents. It seems like there are an abundance of parents. And now one could guess that maybe there's some strange polyamorous cult going on. Uh, however, I do not think that. We're talking about a Mormon anime today, so I I don't don't think that's it. So why why do they have multiple parents, John? Because there are four protagonists in this show, Remington. Oh, okay. Okay, four protagonists. Uh, But it starts off with one. Uh, the place further than the universe is, it can be summed up uh, relatively simply. It is a adventure shoujo comedy. Okay. Adventure shoujo comedy. That's an interesting set of things. Yes. We have seen all of these things fail miserably. Mm-hmm. That we have. But I think this will probably be the first shoujo show, try saying that three times fast, <laughs> that you actually enjoy. Okay. Uh, at least I hope you do. Because I remember early on when you started showing me shoujo. Early on when you started showing me Shoujo, I thought I was going to like it quite a bit, and I have yet to. I mean, to be fair, the two things I showed you were, one, controversial for you, and two, just a bit creepy, quite frankly. Yeah, it's not a great track record, so it's nice that we're rounding ourselves up a bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is a Shoujo adventure comedy, and the adventure comes from 
uh, the main characters on their journey to go to a place further than the universe. Oh, okay. So is it like, but it's not space. It's not space. Is no. it like ancient and so they're just trying to cross an ocean? Yes, but yeah, pretty technically yes, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, because the place they're going is Antarctica. Oh, okay. Okay. Interesting. I mean, that's pretty far from the universe. Why? Why is Antarctica far from the universe? No, why would you go there? Well, allow me to get into the plot. Because, Remington, what this show is about is it's about these four main girls and their adventures and adventure going to Africa and dealing with... Africa? (laughs) Wait a minute now. Antarctica. (laughs) I just got back from Disney World. I I have Africa on the brain. So these four girls are going to Antarctica, and it's about them dealing with the emotional trials and tribulations of growing up in a lot of ways, and the idea of- How old are these girls? Uh, 16. That's a bit young for such a long journey. Well, haven't you ever wanted to go somewhere you haven't been when you were 16? I mean, yeah, there was a whole lot of escapist fantasies going on and a whole lot of bad decisions made. Nonetheless, I never went to Antarctica. Well, why haven't you ever acted on one of those fantasies? Why haven't you just dropped everything you're doing and went on a journey somewhere? I know what we're watching today, Sean. What? We're watching Moana. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hey, hey is my waifu. (laughs) Moana's my favorite anime. No. (laughs) You're not too far off, though, because... Growing up is kind of hard, Remington. Yep. Uh, And I don't know about you, but when I was younger, I had a lot of situations where I was like, I should do something fun and interesting and exciting. Then I get up, I get going, then I turn around and go back home. It's scary (laughs) out there. It is very scary out there. And that's kind of what this show is about, in a sense. It's about these girls, through the external activity of going to Antarctica, figuring that their personalities out a little bit, figuring out what they value as persons, what they want to do, you know? It's a very, like, it's a soul-searching kind of experience. Okay, Sean, I have a very important question. What's that? So right now, I'm real optimistic. I think that'll be a decent show. I think there's a good chance that I might really like it, although it's an anime, so of course we have to see. But is there any moe in it? (laughs) Hilariously enough, Remington, the other genre you could apply this to is the uh, moe genre. Does it have my kind of moe, Sean? Is it just cute girls doing cute things, which does not elicit my moe response? Or is there proper moe involved? Is there like (laughs) some cute dog or some real round fat chicken or something that I can just be really, really happy about and can fill me with joy every time I see it on screen? Technically, yes. I feel deceived. <laughs> what I mean to say is, it is your, it is a cute girls doing cute things kind of show, but there's penguins in it, Remington. Oh, here we go! <laughs> That's what, I'll be honest, most of the reason I chose cute was because I really needed a moe fix. It's been too long, and so hopefully those penguins elicit my moe response. I can't remember if they appear in the first three episodes, though. God. Damn you, motherfucker. <laughs> they might. They might. Give me a minute. It's All been... right, zero out of ten. I hated it. I can't believe I sat through three episodes of it, etc., uh, etc. 
you, you'll get a lot of flack if you say that. <laughs> like, a lot of flack. Because a lot of people said this was their anime of the year. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, because it left them feeling inspired. <laughs> Dead a little bit? Yeah, just a little. <clears throat> a lot of people said that this was their anime of the year. Oh, okay. Because it left them feeling inspired, invigorated, and emotional. Okay, those are all elements I quite like when they are well done. And to make it feel a little better, two things. Only 13 episodes, complete story. That's good. That's what I like to hear. The studio behind it is called Madhouse. Oh, which one were they? They were a good one, right? Death Note. Oh, fuck yeah! Hey! But then also Ori Monogatari. Yeah. All right, so have we seen any others by them, or is this the tiebreaker? Uh, it might just be the tiebreaker. I think I might have shown you a couple other Madhouse things. Oh, I've also shown you One Punch Man. That one was pretty good. Yeah. But I, I put that one more in the middle, like a positive, but in the middle. We still need something that's really, really good, like Death Note, or really, really bad, like Ori Monogatari, before I can finally make a decision on how I feel about Madhouse. All right. And before we get into it, I'm just going to give you a brief summary of the exact plot, because while I'm talking about the ideals behind it, you don't really understand what the story is, do you? I don't know. A bunch of girls are like, hey, want to go to Antarctica? It's a little heavier sure. than that. But, hey, know. dad died. Want to go find his remains in Antarctica? <laughs> want to go Want to go bury his, his cremated dust in Antarctica? So what you're saying is this is a combination of <laughs> fucking the bucket list and AVP. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait till the xenomorphs come in. <laughs> but I will give you this brief synopsis real quick. Filled with an overwhelming sense of wonder for the world around her, Mari Tamaki has always dreamt of what lies beyond the reaches of the universe. However, despite harboring such a large aspirations on the inside, her fear of the unknown and anxiety over her own possible limitations have always held her back from chasing them. But now, in her second year of high school, Mari is more determined than ever to not let any more of her youth go to waste. Still, her fear continues to prevent her from taking that ambitious step forward, that is, until she has a chance encounter with a girl who has grand dreams of her own. It's like how we met, Sean. <laughs> exactly how we met. Uh, I'm Mari in this case. Uh, which one was that? I don't even remember their name. Uh, I only said one name. Oh, okay. That was the first one, right? Yeah, the one who wants to do things but is too scared to do things. Yeah, and then you met me and was like, yeah, let's do it. And then we did it, which actually is pretty darn close to how the podcast was created. Actually, <laughs> hilariously close now that I'm thinking about there it. There are a lot of parallels. It's uh, Act, not to get too sentimental, but that's actually exactly how the podcast started. You you wanted to do something. You were feeling quite unsure, and you felt a bit complacent and static. And then I helped encourage you. Screw it. Let's do something together. You and me. Let's make it happen. And then the podcast was born. And what a fitting anime to choose for the anniversary, Remington. Aw, we're back to happy and sentimental. We'll see. <laughs> But a little more on that synopsis for the second girl. Spurred by her mother's disappearance. She oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, I, I said, you Every know, time. Yeah. Spurred by her mother's disappearance, uh, Shirase Kobuchizawa has been working hard to fund her own trip to Antarctica. 
Despite facing doubt and ridicule from virtually everyone, Shirase is determined to embark on the, this exposition to search for her mother in a place further than the universe itself. Inspired by Shirase's resolve, Mari jumps at the chance to join her, and soon their efforts attract the attention of the bubbly Hinata Miyaki, who is eager to stand out, and Yuzuki Shiraishi, a polite girl from a high-class background. Together, they set sail towards the frozen south. Okay. I am optimistic, but tentative as always. I think I might adore this, or I might find it to be very overrated. Let me put it to you this way, Remington. If you're the type of person that is not a fan of cute girls doing cute things, that Moe-style show, this is the Moe-style show for you. Oh, wow. <laughs> because, yeah, it's got all the cute girls doing cute things and some really cute and funny moments uh, layered without, with some really beautiful background art as well as background gags that really solidify a joke and just general good cinematography and whatnot. But also the, the emotions layered throughout the show and the characters, you start to empathize with them quite intimately to the point where you're like, I could do some of that. Okay. Okay, you know what? I think I'm into it. I'm going into it looking for the best and hoping that our anniversary special will be proper and happy and great and everything will be lovely. I hope so too, because if you don't like this show, Remington, one of the shows that inspired me to do the fucking podcast... <laughs> I don't know if we can be friends. Uh, <laughs> so uh, if you see the word season finale on the podcast title, you know why. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And with that, let's go watch A Place Further Than the Universe. Gentlemen, we are back after consuming a grand total of six episodes of Sora Yori Mo Toi Basho, or A Place Further Than the Universe. Remington, you want to go to Antarctica yet? Uh, probably not, but I'm closer than I ever have been to wanting to. Really? And why is that? Because it was just such a, a charming, evocative show, and just watching it, it really gets that escapism going. Really? So would you say you liked the show, Remington? Uh, I adored the show, Sean. Oh, thank fuck. <laughs> I said that it was going to fall into one of two categories. Either I was going to find it a bit overrated and it would end up not being something I enjoyed, similar to Love, Chinebio, and Other Delusions, where it seems like I would either love it but I didn't and I was instead a bit disappointed, or it was going to be exactly the type of thing I love and it was exactly the type of thing I love. You love a show about cute girls doing cute things, Remington? When it's not just cute girls doing cute things. Now, don't get me wrong. This was one of the cutest shows we have ever seen. And they did it because they weren't just focusing on the aesthetics of cuteness, if that makes sense. They were focusing on the emotional cuteness. Like, you grew attached to these characters quickly, so as soon as they did something cute, you were just like, oh... And there's genuine warmth and chemistry. One of my most common complaints about just about every anime we have here is that so many of them don't have proper chemistry between the characters. 
And it makes it so that, sure, okay, these people are friends. And there's still one minor criticism which we will get to that's similar to that front. But overall, especially with the main four, it did a stunning job at showing exactly who they were and how they all fit together. And that is what makes this show really really fucking good, Remington, because it is a character-driven show through and through about cute girls doing cute things, but you can't help but be inspired by their goals and aspirations and their reasons for wanting to do the things they're doing. It's amazing because it shows struggles, especially the mental struggles of all of this, but the sheer optimism the sheer optimism mixed with the practicality of just about everything, it makes you feel that not only is it possible, but that you yourself can do it. And so not only are your goals reachable, they're worthy of being reached. It's worth taking that first step. Exactly. And I absolutely adore stuff like that to the highest degree. Okay, okay, that's good to hear. Uh, would you be shocked to know that this anime has an 8.63 on Mal? Oh, it deserves it. It deserves it. One of the highest scores we've seen and so well deserved. Yep, it's ranked number 68 out Ooh. of all anime. Uh, if anything, I think it should be a little higher. Is it the highest rank that we've seen so uh, far? No, the highest rank we've seen is uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood followed by uh, Kimi no Nawa. Which one was that one? Your name. Oh, okay. I like both of those but out of these three one of them i would not put in the same category because it's shonen not just because it's shonen <laughs> if you look at your name and you look at this anime this week those two are so human and emotional and i suppose if you're more into shonen which more people are then Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood is going to get everything you want. It was good. I liked it. But it did not resonate nearly as much as either of the other two. So what you're saying is, is you like the show, but because of its uh, shonen nature, it didn't really have that same impact as these uh, rather lovey-dovey, fluffy, uh, shoujo-esque fi uh, films and shows. The things I'm going to remember are the emotions I take from it. That's why I tend to like things that are either more thought-provoking or more heartfelt. This is why I liked Your Name, or this is why I also liked, for example, Death Note, because it made me think, and it provided an interesting mix of elements. I'm going to remember what it leaves me with on the inside rather than the external stimuli that I see, which isn't to say that something like Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood was devoid of any of that, but it definitely does not have the same quality as, uh, for example, Your Name. Uh, it's kind of hard to match the quality of Your Name when it's the most beautiful fucking thing we've ever seen on this podcast. Oh, God, it's amazing. However, I will say this week, it's giving it a run for its money. Right? It was so beautiful. So, so beautiful, both visually and emotionally. Just absolutely stunning. What if I told you that of my top three of 2018, this was only the second most beautiful? I think you're full of shit. I'm not. If I had to give one of those three anime the best looking out of the lot of them, it, it would be a run for the money for, uh... 
for a place further than the universe, but believe it or not, the one involving letters and war is probably the most beautiful of the three. Really? Yep. Okay, that's... I did not expect it to be that one. I'm so intrigued. <laughs> and if people are interested in hearing an episode on that, you should send us some emails so I can talk about it sooner rather than later, because I'd like to. Chances are you weebs already know what he's talking about. I mean, a couple of our listeners already figured it out. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you think you know what it is, you probably know what it is. And just to give you guys an idea of what shows I'm talking about, just to confirm your suspicions, I'll just tell you the first name of the two main girls. Uh, in the war one, it's Violet, and in the uh, romance sci-fi, it is uh, Mai. So if you can't figure it out from that, I have nothing else to give you. You'll just have to wait for the episodes to come out themselves. I'm very intrigued in both of those. So listeners, if you would like to give me a little, little bit of a gift, a little bit of a favor, then please just overwhelmingly send those emails, and then maybe we can delay my inevitable punishment for last week. Anyway! <laughs> <laughs> a Place Further Than the Universe is a special show, Remington. And we showed you quite a few episodes of it. I showed you about uh, six episodes total. I wanted to show you more, not because... You know, it's a show that is only good when you finish it. But because I really love the show and every episode made me feel things in one uh, way or another, whether it was a frustration of not being able to do the things that I want to do or the sadness of a character not being able to bond with friends because of her childhood career or just the stress of being in a brand new country and not being sure if you're going to get to your final destination. Like, all these different emotions and relationships that coalesce in this show have a certain way of hitting you, no matter who you are, in one way or another. I see an immense amount of overlap with something like Your Name, where it is just so human. And there's very little that's wildly new about A Place Further From The Universe, uh, but... Just how everything is done and everything is executed, especially the characters and their executions, their relationships with all, uh, the, their relationships with one another. It is so well done and well polished. Every detail that you see, it feels like it's meaningful and it has purpose. Mm hmm. And of my top three, I'd probably say, uh, Universe is probably the contender for the top slot next to the sci-fi mystery. Ooh, okay, okay, interesting. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a toss-up between the three for me because they all hit different chords in me and for very different reasons, but they're just so good, Remington. Between this and the slime anime, it seems like 2018 had some really good stuff. 2018 was actually a fantastic year for anime, Remington. Uh, my top three alone are good indications of that. But the fact that I put tops, uh, but the fact that I put slime in my top five as opposed to my top three kind of gives you an indication of uh, how good this year was. And there were so many other good shows. Uh, just so you guys know, the other show in my top five that is not these top three is uh, one that has a uh, 
It's Otakoi. He won't know what that means. You know what that means. <laughs> Those are just words. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Those are just sounds that come out of your mouth. And I'd love to do an episode on that one too. So, haha, <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> but yeah, 2018 was fascinating because there were so many wildly varied and really good shows thrown at us that I was just really pleased overall and instead of covering all these amazing anime that came out last year instead for our first year ever we covered so much shit <laughs> and there will be more shit to cover but before we get into that remington let's break down a place further than the universe or you know the easier way would be to say soriori soriori uh so just if you're interested in watching soriori Watch it. Just go and watch it. We're going to be discussing it. And even though I would argue spoilers aren't wildly important to the show, you still, it's better if you go in without them. So if you're interested, just watch it. It's a really, really good show. And I'm the cynical asshole, so you know that that's worth listening to. And it is a comedy, so we'll be talking a lot about a lot of the different punchlines and joke formats that'll... uh might be a little spoiled if you listen on, but at the same time, once they actually hit you, you'll find yourself chuckling and laughing without uh, regard, even if you know it's coming. Oh yeah, and with all that said, let's jump into our proper analysis of it. Alright, so the show starts with our primary girl, our main girl, our first girl that we're introduced, that being uh, Mari Tamaki, or Kimari, for her short. Uh, Kamari is a great main character. She's real spunky, real enthusiastic. She also, and this is a quality that all of the girls share, even though all of them are very likable and each of them are just really great people, none of them feel like Mary Sue's. And it's not because they say, oh yeah, here's my one defining flaw, but it's also not because they're like, oh, yeah, I'm perfect, but I'm also, I don't know, clumsy, I guess. Umaru-chan. <laughs> it doesn't go either of those less interesting routes. It just presents them as a human. And it's a human with some more annoying traits, some more tolerable traits. But the one thing they all have in common is they do genuinely care about one another. And they all have a generally positive outlook upon each other and upon life itself, which I think is what's so captivating about the show is that overriding optimism throughout. And Kamari really shows this off through everything she does. Mm -hmm. She is kind of your typical dairy dairy type, you know, just so positive, so happy-go-lucky and just excited to be there and amazed by everything like i mean come on being amazed by everything is a wonderful experience and i love and this show did it very well how you have such optimism but it doesn't feel just like simple naivety it doesn't feel like oh you're just too stupid enough to realize that the world's a difficult place no the world is a difficult place and they know that but they say yes the world is difficult and we're still gonna get it done because i believe in what we together can do and that is an amazing message and far better than so often how optimism is portrayed. Ultimately, it's a very strong main character who blends perfectly in with the other characters as well. Yes, and what makes it really interesting is her introduction 
tells you just about anything you could want to know about her. It's uh, shot to shot, very well done. It starts with a opening shot of a disaster of a room. Oh, yeah. Like, clothes and items strewn across everywhere, and the main girl herself is, you know, lying on her back, partially fallen out of the bed, just completely unconscious, sleeping nearly till noon. And her mother comes in and basically waterboards her. <laughs> yeah, just some casual waterboarding with a wet rag. Yeah, uh, to get her to wake up and scold her for not cleaning her room. And the first real show of character we get from her is like, oh, I'll do it later. F- opens up a diary that happened to fall on her head and says, and looks at all the goals she had for being in high school. And she just breaks down into tears because she realized she hasn't done a goddamn thing in her two years of being a high school girl. Which I feel like if you are a high school student watching this show, that opening will immediately resonate with you in some way or another. Because that is the essence, I think, of a lot of transitionary childhood when you're in between that stage of juvenile adolescent into the stage of young adult and in that transition this opening captures a lot of resonant feelings for the vast majority of individuals i know it hit me a couple chords for me (laughs) oh yeah and so ultimately main character really strong though and i'll mention this now i don't think that the strength of the show necessarily even comes from The characters, because you said it was a character-driven show, I would amend that statement very slightly. It's not just a character-driven show, it's primarily a relationship-driven show. You are correct in that, because this show, Remington, is ultimately about friendship. Oh yeah, it is ultimately about something that transcends any of the individual's into what this group, with this unity, can do together. You would say it kind of takes you to a place further than the universe. Uh, (laughs) Now I have cancer. Oh, don't we all? (laughs) All right, let's move on to the next one, Sean. All right, I think I'm going to save the big one for last, so let's talk about Hinata next. Hinata, that was the super optimistic. Bubbly. Super bubbly, even more so than the rest of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Really intelligent, uh, blonde, always had food on her shirt. Yes, that was one of her defining character features. I nailed it in one. <laughs> yes, uh, Hinata Miyaki. Uh, what a character, man. Oh, yeah, she really, really boosts up the overall spunk around all of the characters. You know what she is? What? She is the extra push all the other girls need. Oh, 100%. Because uh, a lot of times the other girls, they're all very capable, and they all have strong desires, strong wants, strong motivations, but they all are much more able to talk themselves out of ideas than Hinata. Hinata is so good at motivating her friends, and even when it seems really dark, bringing them back up to 100% very, very quickly. But she's not just a throwaway Cheer up, buckaroo. The sun'll come out tomorrow type of character, which you see in a lot of shows like this. Oh, yeah. She's a person who has her own difficulties and her own doubts and uh, shortcomings, and the other girls make up for her uh, shortcomings as well. Yeah, and this is a common theme with all of the characters, and I'm especially noticing it now trying to talk about them. 
almost everything I hear us say about these characters feels not quite right. Because at the end of the day, even though I feel like I understand these characters quite deeply, it's hard to describe any of them in a simple context. We can say these overarching ideals that they hold. However, there's a lot of nuance conveyed very, very well. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like they're people. Yeah, one thing that I really, really liked was how they execute problems that they have. In one example that includes Hinata, towards episode six, we have this issue uh, between her and another girl, and they're arguing and they're struggling, and there was no clear solution. It had to do with her losing her passport. What were they going to do about it? Two friends arguing about what the best way would be, both of them having personal shortcomings that they were essentially both trying to be too thoughtful of the other one, and the other one didn't like that. Mm -hmm. And so they were both struggling with that, which is something that I think happens in a lot of real-life relationships, but is not usually conveyed in media. And they didn't present it as, okay, here's the perfect compromise. They presented it as, through these flaws and these struggles, a solution needs to be found, and it's not a perfect solution. It's not something where everyone knows that this is the best thing for everyone. It's something that, it works, but it took some working to get to. Mm-hmm. And the conflict that stems between the two of them is, arguably, it's a minor thing. Like, it's just like, a, oh, crap, lost my passport. We might be delayed a few days, or we might have to go on ahead without somebody. You know, it's very, it's a very human problem to have. Like, we've all uh, been somewhere out of town and made a minor mistake or left something at the hotel or back home. You're like, ah, crap. I forgot my Dakimakura. Gotta go back and get oh, it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and depending on who you are with, sometimes that's a non-dilemma. Sometimes it's real easy for you to resolve it in one way or another. Other times it can turn into a huge battle or a huge struggle. And this conveyed both sides of that coin. Let's move on to the next character, Sean. All right. Let's talk about the most let's say, the most simplified story character. And that would be, uh, let me make sure I pronounce this right, Yuzuki uh, Shiraishi. Yes, Shiraishi. 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 Yes, Yuzuki Sh Shiraishi. You can just call her Sh Yuzuki. Yuzuki. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get it one day, bud. I am fluent in Japanese. Oh, not really, but that's fine. <laughs> uh, the younger child actress who is really the biggest reason that they get to go on this trip in the first place. I think that out of all of the characters, Yuzuki is probably the weakest, though I still think she has a lot of merit to her. I think that there are still some things that where I think all of the other characters are top tier. Yuzuki is really good, but just not quite on the same level as the others. And a lot of people do say that, but there's a reason for this. The reason being is her story is such a simple and straightforward one, and it's easy for us to understand that it really helps us understand where the other characters are coming from and helps us get even more attached to her 
in and of herself. Because her story, what she's missing, is really the most basic thing we as humans need. Friends. And I thought that it executed it very well. I think that just how wholesome that arc was of trying to convince her that they were her friends and that they were there for her and how sincere and heartfelt it was. They easily could have gone the route of, well, let's pretend to be her friends then and then we'll get to go on. Not in my wholesome Moe show, you ain't. (laughs) Yeah, they didn't go with that trope of a plot line instead it was just okay well let's become friends let's become super close and really really genuinely care about this person regardless of if we end up going or not and i thought that there were still some oversimplifications with that arc it felt a little too convenient for me even though i think that it ended up being well done and well motivated the initial impetus still felt a little bit too convenient for my personal liking. So it, so even though it's still good, it could have been a bit better. I can understand that. And I will say this. As the show progresses, each girl gets a little bit more internal conflict resolution, as it were. Uh, for her case being, you know, the conflict of friends, you know? Because, I mean, they're kind of friends now, but you can kind of tell she doesn't really realize what that means just by watching her. Because she's easily the most straightforward and most practical of the group, Mm -hmm. which is something that these uh, crazy girls need in a lot of sense. Oh, yeah. And she definitely brings that element substantially to it. And I once again think she's still a good character, just probably the weakest so far. Of the four, I would agree. But I still love her. Oh, of course. She's fantastic. Okay. Let's talk about the big one. The real main focus the i'd say probably the most important character of the four antarctica (laughs) okay first of all that's a very mean nickname if you did not get that from the show they were like oh it's antarctica what's her name again ah she just talks about antarctica she's going to antarctica so let's just call her antarctica you know in typical bully fashion that's why in our friendship i called you weeb shit for about a year (laughs) that's all you would talk about hey now hey now I talked about Lord of the Rings, too. (laughs) (laughs) No, uh, this character was phenomenal. I was a huge fan of her. Yes, that would be Shirase uh, Kobuchizawa. Oh, these names. Shirase. Good old Shirase. Shirase was a great character. Very interesting, very compelling. Uh, You could definitely tell that there was a lot of nuance. It's emphasized that she has a bit of two sides of her personality, but it's not so clear-cut like it often is when a show is like, hey, she has two sides of her personality. Sometimes she's on this extreme, other times she's on this extreme, and there's no middle ground. Ha ha ha. It certainly, there is two sides, but there is middle ground, and there's a lot of gray area because that's how people work. And so she's a little bit more erratic than most, but she still retains that human quality. And that erratic nature is what makes for really good comedy, because a vast majority of the fantastic jokes feature Shirase in one way or another. Oh yeah, especially a lot of the jokes are facial expressions, and Shirase has some of the best facial expressions. Like her smug, cat-like smile from time to time is just... oof. Uh, Or whenever her eyes go dead or evil. Yes, or 
maybe one of the times where she's freaking out because she doesn't understand how to be in front of a camera. Yeah, there's just some really, really great moments. And I think that overall, each one of the main four brings a great quality to their relationships with one another. When it comes to characters or relationships, though, even though I think that that's what this show does best, it's also responsible for possibly my biggest complaint. I think I know what your biggest complaint is. But penguins, Remington! And I loved the penguins. Good <laughs> God, I loved the penguins. Like, you were basically Shirase every time a penguin was on screen. It was so good. <laughs> I am weak to cute creatures, <laughs> as we all know. But nonetheless, I need to talk about this complaint. And the complaint is almost the entirety of Meguchan. You actually remembered a character's name? I know, it's because it was two syllables. <laughs> it's technically three, it's a Megumi. Uh, okay, well, I, they said Meguchan a lot, so I'm just gonna remember it as Meguchan. That's fair. I mean, most people refer to Mari as Kimari. Yep, so I thought that it handled her well early on, but I don't like her transformation into a bitch and then feeling remorseful, and it, it just felt a little bit off to me. It's the only thing where I didn't even think it was bad, but I thought that it was mediocre and unnecessary, and I just don't think that it was handled nearly to the same caliber as every other thing in the show. I can agree with that. It's definitely one of the weaker parts. But at the same time, it's kind of relatable in a lot of ways. And it definitely is relatable in that feeling of you had Megu-chan be very, very worried that she was losing her friend and her friend had always relied on her and now she wasn't. And so that sense of loss, that sense of uselessness almost, I think was very human and I think it was explored decently but just to the level that Megu-chan became a complete and utter bitch. But then, instead of completely owning all in on the total abusive bitch qualities, then it had her show genuine remorse, which is good for nuance, but then it just creates a bit of a muddled character choice. And then, at the end of it, you have... Uh, you, you have Mari... And Kamari just, for all intents and purposes, seems to not really care. And it was interesting because you can see how evil Megu-chan has been. Megu-chan has been really, really fucked up, but none of the fucked up shit she did had consequences. And then when she doesn't quite apologize, but sort of does, then she doesn't quite get forgiven, but sort of does. Yeah, it's definitely probably one of the weaker points in the series. Honestly, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I think that, th genuinely, this is my biggest criticism, and even this, I think, has some merits. It's just that it wasn't nearly as strong as everything else, which was obscenely strong. It was still a good episode all in all, though, I think. Oh, yeah, it was overall still a great episode, because... Very rarely does any individual episode hope to accomplish a single thing. They'll often have a central focus, but they will often accomplish a whole lot outside of that. Every scene and every character interaction 
felt meaningful. It felt worthwhile. It added to the show and to the world. And I and I've mentioned this before, but one of the things I love more than anything else is when they put care into the details, when they actually care about fleshing these ideas out. And they did, whether that be the world building, the character building or the relationship building, all of the details visually, all of the emotional details, the script writing, it had everything polished and they really cared about creating an authentic experience and that is what this show is it's an authentic human experience that is built to inspire and make you feel things i'm gonna tell you right now remington by the end of this series i had cried at least three different times oh yeah and i mean even this time, some tears started to form with both you and our editor. I wasn't quite hit by the tears, but I could imagine myself getting a bit close to them. I'm a bit hard to make cry, but this would be a good contender to make it happen. And see, I'm one of those weird, twisted people that love media that makes me feel shit, even if it makes me, like, upset and cry. Because, fuck, man, if you can get an emotion out of me, that's pretty great. Exactly. Frankly, Sean, our hearts have been so hardened, they are basically just rocks at this point. So if anything can successfully wheedle its way in, whether that is for a positive emotion or a negative emotion or a fearful emotion or any type of emotion, it's doing a pretty good job. I'd say so, especially <laughs> considering, you know... I'm not usually one for the super cutesy girls doing cutesy things all the time, the, that moe aspect. I'll tell you right now, this is probably the best moe show I've ever seen, and it, uh, I want to protect and love these four girls so much. I wanted there to be a bit more of my type of moe, so essentially, give me more penguins. But nonetheless, I accept the seal in the intro. Oh god, the seal in the <laughs> intro. I love him. It, do yourself a favor and just pause the intro every few seconds and look at the different frames, especially during the Antarctica montage, because there's so much character growth and just character actualization in these little tiny clips that you can't help but think, I know exactly which, what each of those characters are like just from one picture, and that's amazing. There's actually a couple people who hang out on YouTube and actually spend time dissecting uh, different OPs step by step by step and possible foreshadowing and all the minor details that makes an OP good. There's one guy who got really big because of it, uh, and I'll tell you right now, part of the reason I love OPs as much as I do now is because I watch a lot of his videos, and maybe one day, one day I'll be good enough to actually talk about OPs myself and maybe <laughs> show some to you and see what you can think about them, dissect them bit by bit, but that'll come later. Oh yes, I'm sure I will have many interesting thoughts. There's also a bunch of really fucking weird OPs that I could show you that would oh, be pretty God, funny. Oh God, no. <laughs> but needless to say, this show is the most charming fucking thing on the face of the planet. Or I should say, farther than the universe. <laughs> <laughs> Top tier comedy. <laughs> Good old comedy. Comedy. Comedy is my favorite anime. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say ultimately, how I would describe this anime is if you took the best elements of Toradora, you mixed them with your name, and then you sprinkle on a little bit of Umaru-chan, and then you have a pretty good guess on what you're going to get for this. Do you have to bring Umaru-chan into every fucking discussion? It's one of the few super adorable things you've shown me, Sean. 
doubt. It's one of my biggest reference points for cute girl doing cute things. This should be your reference point for cute girls doing cute but things. But I can't describe it using itself. You know how I would describe a place farther from the universe, farther than the universe? I would describe a place farther than the universe as something along the lines of a place farther than the universe. And if you mix a place farther than the universe with a place farther than the universe, then I think you accurately capture a place farther than the universe. No, it's nonsensical, so I'm bringing up Umaru-chan. Just watch a place farther than the universe and then you'll have that Exact makes sense. It works. Go watch it. I would recommend to watch it. Yes, but man, what this show does really well is that all four of these girls are missing something. And the fact that they're missing something and they're going on this trip not just to go to Antarctica, but to kind of find what they're missing, even though they don't quite realize what it is. I'm definitely preparing to be very, very sad. Because this show is setting up some sad moments. I don't know what they are. I can't fully predict what they're going to be. Maybe something's going to involve a mother of some sort. Maybe there's going to be some loss. Maybe one of them just gets butchered out in the Antarctic. I don't know, but it's setting up some sadness. It's not going to turn into John Carpenter's The Thing. Oh, but wouldn't it be great if it did? Madoka Magica Part 2, baby. Oh, Here we God. go. <laughs> God, if... If I got a Madoka Magica mixed with this anime, it might be the best anime. You stay out of my wholesome moe trash, you oh, piece of shit. I love it wholesome, but imagine if it was wholesome and then real fucked up. Oh my god, I have some hentai for you if that's what you want. Oh no. <laughs> I regret my statements. But that being said, Remington... I love and adore this show so immensely. I relate to the girls so much, especially uh, Kimari, which, you know, it's not like I've had those exact thoughts and regrets in my daily life or anything, but... Are you sundering existence right now? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Shut up. Baka. <laughs> I am. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's been a year, man. Oh, it's crazy to think about. And what a way to wrap up a year of anime. Because, I mean, again, this show inspired me, and I would hope it would inspire you and anybody who watches it a bit. But it also inspired me to ask one final question for you, Remington. Yes, Sean? You want to go watch some more anime with me? There have been some highs, there have been some lows, but you know what, Sean? I think that I would. Fantastic. You're gonna hate next week. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all so much for tuning in. We really appreciate it. If you enjoyed our in-depth discussion on the deepness of Moe, feel free to drop a review on whatever platform you listen on, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, or, honestly, if you want to help us grow, word of mouth is the best way. And if you would like to contact us directly, whether it is for question, feedback, comment, or a recommendation, you can tweet us at AnimeConPod, or you can send an email directly over onto AnimeOutOfContext at gmail.com. Once again, guys, thank you so much for tuning in, and don't fuck your sister. <laughs> <laughs>